Hello and welcome to The Leaderverse with your hosts, Lucas Sheradin, Drew Lee, and me, Jesse Button. Today, Lucas guides us through the concept of leadership itself and the importance of teaching people how to think differently in order to bring about positive change in their lives. Are you aware of the influence your own beliefs and programming have on your behavior and ultimately your results? We talk about the great power that curiosity and questioning and introspection hold here and the need, the great need for self-awareness and intentional thinking. All that and more today on The Leaderverse. I, I've, been, I've been thinking a lot about what fundamentally what is leadership? And, you know, I hear John Maxwell say, you know, leadership is influenced, nothing more, nothing less. And uh, John Maxwell is the best in the space. The challenge I have, though, with that statement is like right now it is, as we speak, it is 15 degrees outside, which is actually 15 degrees warmer than it's been all week. <laughs> so. <laughs> The weather influences me, but it doesn't lead me. So if leadership is influenced, nothing more, nothing less. I'm not sure that that's, I'm not, I, I question some of that statement. And I remember when I, I started uh, working, I worked for a period of time for Gary Keller and Gary called me on a Sunday and we were, we were chatting about different things. And Gary said, Lucas, what, what is leadership? And I went max on. I'm like, Oh, wait, I know this is Gary Keller. And Gary Keller says this about leadership. And I, at first I don't, wasn't sure that I agreed with it. But I think really he's got a lot of wisdom in the statement. And he, for him, leadership is teaching a person how to think in the way they need to think so they could get what they want when they want it. And and I, I remember, oh, wait a second, this is Gary I'm talking to. So I, I gave him that. He goes, yeah, it's basically bottom line is teaching people how to think. And I got, I, I've been, I've been working on uh, my book on cage leadership and, and uh, that I'm committing to getting out this year. This is the year that it's going to be finished. I've got so oh. much content. It's just getting it organized and set it in a compelling manner. But I think fundamentally what I think about leadership, a leader calls people to a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you think about that, I don't know. There's too many classes, too many books, too many seminars on teaching people how to think. I think that there's a lot of classes, information out there, TikTok videos, YouTubes, Facebook books, seminars, conferences on teaching people what thoughts should you possess. I think there's also a form of leadership that says this is what you do and it's behavior modification, which behavior modification, uh, you may get short-term compliance and formal compliance, but you may not ever get buy-in. So how do I really effectively, this has been the, the thought that I've had all week um, since Gary, Gary and I were texting earlier this week. How do we effectively teach somebody to think in a different way? How do we help somebody change the programming, the lens through which they see life? How do we help somebody get a different paradigm or mental model or belief system or story? Um, how do we effectively interrupt the current level of thinking and don't just teach people you know, that thought doesn't help you, but teach people, how do you critically think? Uh, yesterday, I was on a, a call uh, with Kristen Cole, who's one of the best leaders I know uh, in, the, in the company. She's amazing. She's brilliant. She's driven. Um, she's just, she's very articulate. And I, I, we were talking about in the real estate space, how challenging it is currently. You know, it's just, there's a lot going on in the real estate space. And a lot of real estate companies are experiencing a huge uh, reduction of revenue, whether a real estate team or brokerage, uh, mortgage companies, everybody seems to be experienced. I said, Kristen, what is your biggest challenge right now? 
And I thought she'd tell me a thousand different things. But what she told me without almost any hesitation, it, she said, it's teaching people how to think critically. Because most of my people were brought up being mentored on telling them what to do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, it's easier to say, Jesse, go do a podcast. than say, Jesse, how do we think, how are you thinking in a way that impacts millions of lives? We'd rather just tell you to go do something, go write a book, go do a podcast, go do t TikTok, go do a, a post, go build your social media platforms, go do, 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 do. Really, that is great, except it's short-changed, it's short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It solves- That's what I'm thinking about is how problem. do we teach people how to think? Yeah. Well, because there's the difference between self-mastery and skill mastery. And I, I was teaching my team that this week is I could teach you skills of, of lead generation or skills of real estate. That's fine. But the problem with that is that skill set may become obsolete in the year. Mm -hmm. I want to teach you self-mastery so you know how to master yourself in the context of time. You know how to master your emotions when you're not feeling it, when you're having an off energy day, how you draw up energy from you know wherever it needs to draw from. And how do you get up and go get what you need to get? How do you flex? How do you how do you master the self so that you can master a skill. And uh, you think about it in the real estate space, once upon a time, yellow page ads were the thing. <laughs> right. And, and there are people out there probably who mastered the art of marketing via the yellow pages. And it, you could do that today. Mm -hmm. It's probably just not going to be very profitable. There's people who mastered the uh, science of short sales in real estate or foreclosures. That skill set of yesterday may not serve you today, and so I've been thinking a lot about this. As the leaders, we are called to teach people not just to do, which that's a level, and not just the thoughts they should have, but teach people how do you think? How do you see life? What's your paradigm? What's your story? What's your thought process? And that's a lot more complicated than just saying, go do this for three hours. Thinking about thinking. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, there's um, there's a definition of of leadership, or rather leaders, that I love. Um, I pull from Brene Brown. She says yeah. that that leaders have leaders see the potential in people and processes, and they have the courage to call it out. And. Mm. But we still, that still doesn't touch on, well, how is it? How do you teach people how to think? And I, you said thought process. I think it starts there. So when I'm approaching, uh, not a problem, when I'm approaching my job, okay, you're leading me. I'm an agent on your real estate team. And you've taught me how to lead generate. You've taught me how to close business. And I'm faced with the same problem tomorrow or next week when I have to go back and start the cycle over again. And so at that moment, what is it that you can teach me? What am I, what am I doing? What am I not doing? What am I not thinking of if I'm just showing up and doing my job? Yeah. And, and so I, th I think for me, there's a, a potential model that I'm looking at that I'm working on. And, uh, you know, in, in this book that I'm working on, and this is a plug for the book because the book's not out. <laughs> so this this <laughs> is just thinking about a model. Yeah, it's 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 the five o'clock formula, which is basically th the the three letters ADD, 
a focusing tool that says ADD, which I think is hilarious. Perfect. It, it's awareness. Yeah. It starts with awareness and we could dive into that it is awareness. The second point is data. What info do I need? And then finally decision, what actions will I lead? Mm. So awareness, what else could this be? Data, what info do I need? And decision, what actions will I lead? And if I start at the end with, with the decision, we know that whatever we do comes from something we believe. And and a way to, to always judge a belief system is what are you doing? Mm -hmm. How are you reacting to life as it shows up? I, I, I remember seeing a video back, uh, Martin Luther King Day was this last Monday. And so I was thinking a little bit about the social, you know, tensions and, and racism that, that that's in America. And I remember seeing a video one time of like four black guys going to a very suburban house. And they were like, you know, in, in hoodies with the gold chains, sunglasses, shades in the middle of the day. And they go to this very white upper middle class home and they knock on the door and a woman comes to the door and won't open the door. Mm -hmm. You know, she's talking and says, can I help you through the door? And these four guys turn out to be like, I don't remember which band it was, but a very, very popular. Singing. And they started singing to her on the front stage, like a rhythm and blues acapella killer, like a killer <laughs> song, you know? And she was like, she started smiling and she opened the door and she walked out. It's interesting because she had a belief system that got revealed by her action. I'm not saying her action is right or wrong. I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying it revealed what she believed. Four guys, different color than she was in a neighborhood that they were kind of out of place for that specific neighborhood. She immediately went into her beliefs, not judging it right or wrong, not saying that right. she was wise or unwise. I'm just saying it revealed. If we could be aware that every one of our decisions reveal a belief system, and then we simply ask her a question that goes back to the awareness. What else could it be? So I got rejected and somebody yelled at me on the phone. What else? Well, that doesn't feel good. They're rejecting me. And it's so interesting that I've done enough cold calls in my life to know that. Man, I feel that, but it's silly because I don't know that person. That person doesn't know me. How in the world are they rejecting me? They're rejecting a cold caller that is an unnamed not person. They're rejecting somebody that they don't know. They're not rejecting me, but yet I feel that because of the story and the lens so what I do is when I have a revealed belief system because of what I did, I ask, what else could this be? Mm -hmm. Here's here's what I've discovered, Jesse, is if I could think uh, curiosity-based instead of judgment-based, curiosity leads to creativity. Judgment leads to death. I mean, it leads to killing off all other possibilities. The Once, once I label Jesse Button as she's you know, not a good person, or she's an amazing person, or she's a judgmental person, or she's the kindest person, you know, once I label you, I kill off all of the possibilities. It, I mean, it works both ways. The ax swings both ways. People labeled Ted Bundy as, gosh, man, he's a nice all-American guy. <laughs> because he looked good, right? Right, On the flip yeah. Side, there very are charismatic, very handsome. Standard. And the cannibal. Right. We label people the other way, like, oh, they're a jerk. They're this. They're that. They're this. Their skin color says this. Their whatever preference says this. Once we label anything, we kill off all of the possibilities. So I must learn how to stay in curiosity. That's a way of thinking. What else could it be? What else could this mean? What else is possible here? And if I want to create unlimited possibilities, I have to keep myself in curiosity. That's a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins is talking about this all over social media right now, the concept of confirmation bias. No matter what, once your brain believes something, exactly what you're saying, you'll the concept of confirmation bias says it does everything it can to confirm what you already believe. It looks for information that supports its belief. And that's that's programming. So yeah, once I once I believe that Lucas is a strong leader and uh, and my friend and he's in my corner, I am going to well, yep. I believe that. So every time you call and reach out to me, I'm like, you're supporting me. This is a this is this is a friend. This is a friendly person. So gosh, confirmation this what, bias. The, this is the question that I it's oh, so it, heavy. It's totally about confirmation. Yeah. And it and also, Jesse, it's it completely blinding. It's like, I don't know. I It's the people that will listen to this podcast that, well, I just like telling it as it is. Well, no, you're actually telling it as you see it. Mm-hmm. You're not calling it as it is. You're calling it as you see it, your perception of it, which is fine. Your perception is valuable, but we have to be aware that our perception and our lenses, our paradigm is tainting everything. It, it affects everything. We cannot not judge. People are listening to this podcast and they're judging. They're saying this is good. This is bad. This doesn't make sense. This is great. We're we're meaning making machines. We machines. constantly make meanings out of everything. That that's just our human nature. We need to be aware first of all. Man, I I'm judging this now. Here's the question: Does this judgment, does this opinion, help empower me or does it disempower me? Does it help me move forward? Does this way of thinking help me get toward my vision or does it is it keeping me stuck? Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think of a lot of people that they're not living. Like I'm thinking about the last four or five years of my life. I question: Did I live five years or did I live the same year five times? Because mm. I'm stuck. It's the hamster wheel. I'm running really fast, but I'm getting absolutely no. Wow. Why? I I, I I don't know if I talked about it on this this podcast, but I recently just had an aha that I finished 2023. I started 2023 weighing 214 pounds, which is way TMI for the, for a podcast, but 214 <laughs> pounds. In March, I did a 75 hard, which the point of 75 hard is not a sustainable lifestyle. It's not about sustainability. It's about just doing something for 75 days that's hard. People who say, well, that's not sustainable, they, they, they're totally missing the point of 75 hard. It's just doing something for a period of time that's hard. And during 75 hard, I lost, and I went down to 194. And then I ended the year at 214. I ended the year exactly where I started the year. That's the hamster wheel. Because I think about food in a way that causes me to do that, and it's a ceiling. Now, if I'm okay with my Reese's Pieces and peanut M&Ms, keep on with myself. I have to think differently if I want a different result. That's the same thing. We're living the same year over and over. There's leaders maybe listening to this podcast that are saying, gosh, I get the same result out of my organization over and over and over again. I just can't find good help. Well, that's possible. It may be the way you're thinking about things. Change the way you think about things. Change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Change the way you think. Think different thoughts. Challenge the way you're thinking right now. And it starts with curiosity. What else could this be? That two four, back to 214 is so fascinating to me. It's My question is just... What what was the belief? What was the belief that got you back there? The belief about yourself that got you right back to that point. That's that's some programming that I mean, right there. That that that's it, that's incredible. It's like when I realized, it, it, like, like, oh my goodness, 
because what I did was behavior modification. I just changed my behavior. I didn't change how I was thinking about it. In fact, I would suggest those who are thinking about eating differently, it's not about going on a diet because that's behavior modification. That's just what you put in your mouth. What's your relationship to food? What's your now exercise? I've never failed. I exercise four to six times a week. It's pretty easy for me to hit the gym. I, I like doing that. That's an ingrained habit because of the way I think about it. Mm -hmm. We want to put like habits like that. Those are the habits we want to be on autopilot. The habits right. about food for Lucas, at least there's an autopilot. Oh, it's the holidays. I deserve this. Oh, it's this. I, oh, it didn't. I'm stressed out. I'll go grab this or, or yeah. convenience, whatever it is, whatever the thinking process is, I'll get a therapist and we'll sort through that. But there <laughs> is definitely a thought habit, a pattern where I could be, I could modify behavior, but not change how I think. And I get the right. same result over and over and over again. And that's, yep. that's sad. That's a cage. That That's a trap. It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because it's going on in our own brains and we're aware of it. We have all of the data to support it, but it's the it, behavior modification. Food is such a great example. Diet and diet and exercise is such a great it's example. Easy. It's an easy it's, food and food and money, right. I think, are the two easiest illustrations of this. This thing is mm -hmm. you're you're you probably made so much money and spent so much money and are similar. You ended up similar to what you always end up. Mm -hmm. And if that autopilot, that way of being is good for you, keep it going. If you desire something more, think about money differently. But but food is a lot easier subject, <laughs> at, at least in the United States. It's a it's about identity. The habit change around food and habit changes, behavior changes around food and money are about identity. What you believe about yourself um, before the behavior modification comes, it's like, okay, behavior modification does nothing uh, or it's not sustainable. That's why it was last week, Shortly. a week ago today, we were recording a podcast that it was quit day. It's we're, we're not even halfway <laughs> through January and everybody stopped there, stopped going to the gym already. I think it's January 12th is official quitting, quitting all new year's resolutions days, but behavior modification yeah. doesn't do anything long-term because it's, it's not sustainable for that reason. You still have these beliefs that are leading to, they're going to lead you right back to the same patterns that will get you back to 214 because you believe something about yourself. <sighs> well, Jesse, it's kind of a trap because the thing is, is like, where does it start? Behavior modification can lead you to another way of thinking, but you have to understand it has to lead you to another way of thinking because if it's just a behavior and you're in a 75 hard or you're in a keto, you're thinking, oh, I'm sacrificing. This is awful. This is short term. I got to get through this, what what have you. If I could be, if I could modify my behavior and say during this behavior modification period, I'm reprogramming my mind. I'm think I want to think differently about money, think differently about food, think differently about leading others. The judgments I have about the people in my company and organization that they're lazy or they they're drama queens or G drama kings or whatever the judgments that I make, if that level of thinking is autopilot because of your programming and it's not serving you really well, challenge it. What else could it be? What else could you think? Here's the question I'm asking myself a lot. What must I believe in order to write a best, New York best-selling book? What must I believe about myself, about the message? What what beliefs do I need to adopt? What do I need? To, because I think, you know, belief results in habits. Belief results in works. Beliefs result in whatever we do. Mm -hmm. 
Well, obviously, I don't believe currently what I need to believe in order to get that out or else it'd be out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? it's the it's I, I am a great writer. I am a successful writer and poof, you are. It's that's the magic, the magic of belief. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah, that. and it, and and honestly, it, and I want to be careful because I know that there's some who are wired like me that will be a little skeptical. Is it just affirmations? And I write daily affirmations. I used to not believe in them, and I for a decade I I, I believe firmly me in them too. because words create realities, and it's not about just saying it. It's not just a Stuart Smalley thing that I'm good enough, smart enough. It's like I'm saying it to replace the other chatter in my head because the other. It's it's interesting because we. The people who criticize affirmation only criticize positive affirmations. They never criticize negative affirmations. Mm. Think about that. You'll never hear anybody say, yeah, affirmations don't work. But when they mess up, like, gosh, I'm so stupid. Why do I always do this? Well, we don't question that affirmation. Yeah, you're stupid. And why do you always do this, you moron? Like, we don't question that because our brains are designed not to see the positive in ourselves and not to create scary possibilities that we don't know with security what it, how it's going to end yeah we just have to change the way we we have to this is a worthwhile journey this is a worthwhile cause figure out how do i need to think so that i can get what i want out of life and not live it by default but live it by design and by vision mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it will reveal your beliefs about yourself mm -hmm. oh yeah it totally does just think about this. Every time you have a reaction, every time something happens, use that as your lab. Use that as your experimental, oh, okay, I just heard Lucas and Jesse talk about this, and I'm having, well, that's okay, or wow, that's amazing, or ooh, that's just not true. Okay, stop, hard stop. What does that reveal about you? Mm -hmm. Let's stay there. Start figuring out where did you get, where did you start believing this? Where did you adopt that? That you have to be critical of the world, that you have to question everything, that you have to, you know, it, it's just, I would use it as a personal uh, development, uh, as opportunities to go in the inner journey of figuring out who am I, what do I really believe, and why did I believe that? And is that belief, belief serving me anymore? Is that thought process serving me anymore? Is, are those, those lenses, those glasses, that perspective I'm seeing life through, is that helping me? Mm -hmm. And so where does everybody start there? I don't know if this is, um, I don't know where this data came from, but I heard recently that somewhere around 80%, the vast majority of people never think about their behaviors or, uh, or, or really go introspective at all, which is, is crazy to me. But so, where do we start? John Maxwell schedules still to this day, he's written over 80 books. He still schedules 20 minutes in the middle of most of his days for think time. He sits in his thinking chair and he just sits there and thinks and that's it. It's not, he's not meditating. He's not praying. He's thinking. And I think that's where we start. I mean, if you've never thought about thinking before, there's a great book called thinking about thinking, but, um, if you've never thought about time, try it, schedule time, sit in a thinking chair and, and focus on your own thoughts. Where are they coming from? Where did that come from? Why do I feel this way? Why am I thinking about that person or situation still and see what happens? I think that's there, where it's. Yeah. And Keith Cunningham, 
Keith Cunningham in the Road Less Stupid says the same thing. He schedules an hour a day. He's got a specific chair. He's got a dope a good pen. That chair is only used for thinking. That pen and paper are only used for think time. And so, and he usually goes into it with a question, like, what question do I want to ponder today? And, and spends time disciplining his mind to think, mm-hmm. right? There, we used to uh, have a program that used to talk about a principle that's in a lot of self-development called pitfall. You know, our programming leads to our thoughts. Our thoughts leads to our feelings. Our feelings lead to our actions. Our actions lead to our results. Our results give us our programming. And it, it's absolutely true. Our programming causes our thoughts. We probably are thinking, I, I think I read research, we think 90% the same thoughts every day. or so. It's like yeah. 90% of the thoughts we think about every day. Yeah. It's like we're, we're nauseatingly boring people. <laughs> Just the same yeah. thoughts. I hate that stat. It that, that drives me mad. It drives me mad. 90% of our days we're having the same thoughts as yesterday. Crazy. And those thoughts, the programming leads to the thoughts. The thoughts lead to the feelings. So if you're anxious right now, if you're stressed right now, if you're joyful right now, if you're happy, those feelings came from a thought. That thought came from the programming. So feelings. Now, people don't act because they think and they act. They feel and then they act, right? They, you're, what was it? Uh, Logic makes people think, feelings make people act. Mm-hmm. So once I feel something, then I take action. Those actions always produce a result, and that result fortifies a programming or changes a programming. Here's the good news is if you study uh, the science of neuroplasticity, it's never too late. We could change the pathways in our brain to think different thoughts. It just takes energy and focus and intentionality. Yeah, yeah. There, and Another way to say that is if you feel good today, let's say you feel joyful today. If you do nothing differently, if you don't think differently, there's a 90% chance you're going to feel joyful again tomorrow. (laughs) So then flip that script. If you're feeling anxious today and you don't change your thinking, there's a 90% chance that you're going to feel anxious tomorrow. There you go. Okay. It's the 214 to 214. It's starting the year 214, losing 20 pounds and ending the year 214. It's, it's the rat race. It's, 214 is easy to measure because there's a scale and a, a waistline that reveals. The thinking is a little harder because you don't step on a scale and see how you're thinking. What I would suggest to you is what's your marriage like? What's your family like? What are your key relationships like? What's your money like? What's your profession like? What's your emotional state of mind? What is your health like? What is your habits like? You know, you can measure your life in other ways that isn't just a bank account or a scale, which those are easy targets. That's why there's a lot of talk about it. But it's like, what is your mood like? What is your anxiety level? Are you waking up at two o'clock in the morning, freaking out about something at work or something in a relationship? How strong is your key relationships, your significant relationships, your marriage, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever? How strong are those? How strong are your, like for me, I've got four adult children. How strong is my relationship with kids that don't need me as much anymore? And when they do call, it's usually a big ticket item. You know, it's like a dollar (laughs) Yeah, it used to be dad, can I go get Legos and a Barbie doll? Now it's it's a little bit bigger yeah. ticket. But yeah. I want I want to measure the things that matter. And and sometimes relationships or mental state, emotional state, it's hard to measure because it's subjective. But if I'm living the same, it's Groundhog Day. It's the Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day. It's the same day we're living year day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And and I think that's because for me, it's pretty rare 
for me to have been taught how to think. I've just always been programmed. No, you go do this. You go do X, Y, and Z. Go do, 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 do. Do 40 appointments. Do this. Every month, month, 40, 40, 40, 40. And, and you go do, 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 do. I was not taught how to think. I was taught the thoughts I was supposed to have. And if I didn't have them, I felt guilt and shame or whatever. How do I think? Mm-hmm. And it starts with an awareness of how are you currently thinking? How are you currently seeing life? And is that true? Is it really true? What else could it be? The movie Groundhog Day is a, great, it's a yeah. great reference for for being stuck and, and going in a cycle because he wakes up at, on Groundhog Day on February 2nd over and over and over and over again. Something magical happens. But it's worth mentioning in that movie, what what happens? What does he do? He has to change his thinking because he's gonna go, he's, he went crazy. Something insane is happening. He's living the same day over and over again. And he's he committed suicide. He committed suicide. <laughs> he killed himself several <laughs> times, but woke up the next day to sit and share. <laughs> But but he also he falls in love. He teaches himself to play the piano and he ends up mass he ends up mastering all of these other skills and his thinking changed. His perspective and programming changed because he just decided to enjoy his life anyway. I love that movie. Yeah, I, I did too. So I, I think that for me, if I as I focus this year on on now, what am I doing now? Is am I teaching people to do, or am I teaching people to think? Am I relating to myself? I just go 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 on, and I, I don't mind going on seventy five hard because the 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 joy of seventy five hard wasn't the weight loss. Obviously, the joy of seventy five hard was I did something hard, and I did it for seventy five days, and it wasn't convenient, it wasn't easy, and I could do that. That's good. That goes to my program, and I could do hard things. I'm doing a marathon this year. Drew's put out a training program for me it's not about running the, the miles and it's not a, it's about i did something that i've never done before at 56 years old i did something for the first time then not everybody in my world is real excited about that it's like you know there's a lot of injuries in that there's a lot of this and i said yeah what what do i need to believe in order for me to make this an amazing experience and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that that's what I, i'm taking on and i'm thinking about right now in the, as it pertains to leadership is Am I teaching and challenging myself on how I'm thinking about something, how I'm viewing something? Am I helping the people in my world that are the most important people to me? Am I helping them think in the way that they need to think? Just look at it differently. Think about it differently. Mm-hmm. Process it, question question your own thinking. If, in fact, I, I had suggested the people who are the the people who question everything people, which I, I love those people. I've got them in my life. I, I'm okay with that as long as you start with yourself. Mm-hmm. question why why are you criticizing this why are you thinking this way why do you think it's bad why do you think it's like right yes yes we signed up to be leaders also and we're leaders are great teachers but we will instead of teaching people what to do like a teacher does we are teaching them how to think and that's the difference between yeah. teaching and leading one of them yeah and i, I think that there's points in our journey we need somebody to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. I've got a almost, you know, what a one and a half year old grandson. You got to tell him what to do. Yes. Don't choke your little brother. Stop it. <laughs> At some point, he's got to learn like, hey, kindness is the way you really want to live because that's the most rewarding, most fulfilling, and that's the right thing to do. And there's a sense of morality and there's a sense of right and wrong. But right now, quit choking your brother. Stop it. <laughs> 